Hello! Today is Wednesday, September 25th. Did you know that Wednesday was named after the most important god in the German Palantheon? And often associated with the nose god Odin? And it's called was called the day the day of o, day of Odin, which was Anglo-Saxon. Welcome to all in sports. It's in the game. Oh, wait! I think that's taken already. But. Welcome to All In Sports on the All In Sports Radio Network. Today, we have Brandon on. He'll be a little, a little on a little later. He is the co-founder and marketing director. And uh, we'll be doing some Q&A. Um, my takeaway from the Monday Night Game is... Paris defense is flat out freaking dominated the Redskins. It caused five Case Keenum turnovers. And Case Keenum's not a bad quarterback. Um Trubersky or Trubisky, former North Carolina guy, he went twenty five for thirty one for two hundred and thirty one yards and three touchdowns. And the real thing about I noticed about Chicago is where's Anthony Miller? Anthony Miller was coming on at the end of last year, and he is just not shown up whatsoever. And it's it's quite surprising me because I thought he looked just like Antonio Brown in his route running, real crisp and everything. I mean, even for the game the other night, he only he had one catch for 15 yards. Taylor Gabriel finally showed up. Turbo, six for 75 for three touchdowns. Uh, Allen Robinson had a pretty good game, six for 60. Um, I think he used Cordell Patterson a little more. David Montgomery, yeah, he's all right. He's coming on a little bit, looking a little bit better. 13 for 67, not bad, not bad. But the defense just dominated. Big old Khalil Mack from Buffalo. Two sacks. He is a freaking monster. He's worth every penny they're paying him. Um, question about the Redskins is, though, is it time to turn to Dwayne Haskins? And I don't really think it is. I think they just need to let Dwayne sit and uh, learn as much as he can from Keenum. I mean, it didn't even look like he was trying to like be involved with anything last night, and I think I just I think he needs time. And Keenum didn't have a bad game. 30 for 43, 332 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Turnovers were a little high, but when you're facing a great defense like that and the monsters of the midway, as they call them, you're going to have that problem. And, uh, man... They need Trent Williams back. Adrian Peterson just straight out struggled. 12 rushes, 37 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. And Adrian Peterson had a pretty freaking good year last year. He looked quick, looked fast, looked fast this year. Just nowhere to run. 
He had 251 carries for a 1,042 yards and a 4.2 yards per carry average last year. And it's just not there this year. And it's a lot to do with uh, Trent Williams not being there. Um, I'll tell you who else showed up was uh, McLaren from The Ohio State University. He had a pretty freaking good game for Washington. Six yard, six catches for seventy yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty good game. But uh, hey, Nate Trent Trent Williams, uh, I think he might get traded. Uh, he doesn't obviously he doesn't want to be there. He'd be there. I don't know if it's a contract thing or what, but uh, they definitely need him. Donald Penn's not a bad replacement, but he's he's no Trent Williams. They could even move Donald Penn to right tackle, move Morgan Moses on the inside. Um, but I think a team that could use Trent Williams. New England, just lost Isaiah Wynn from Georgia out for the year. And Cleveland, uh, you watched Baker Mayfield the other night. He struggled a lot. I mean, he could really freaking, he could use some protection back there. He is just getting schlottered. And, uh, I mean, it's not going to, it wouldn't hurt him to have him there. And uh, speaking of the Browns, uh, what's wrong with them? Uh could be a lot of things. Uh, I think really think it has a lot to do with play calling. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 18-36, one touchdown, one interception. Where was Odell Beckham in the last drive of the game? He was absent. <sighs> they need to get him more involved. He's arguably one of the best receivers in football. They got they got to get him the ball. Landry only, only had three catches. They got to get him the ball. And... Uh, Antonio Callaway coming back here soon after suspension for uh, uh, substance abuse. He's going to be a big help to that team. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're struggling. But I, I really do. I think think they got some issues they uh, really need to work out there. last year who had a lot of turnover problems Todd Munkin and like you said poor tackle play uh, Greg Robinson former uh, second overall pick out of Auburn's been struggling a lot he's, he's got slow feet and uh, Hubbard from Alabama Birmingham and the right tackle Campbell from Pittsburgh two years ago he's struggling pretty good too uh, but you really only bright spot on that Browns offensive offense is uh, Nick Chubb he's Having a pretty, he's having a pretty good year. He had 90, yeah. 90 some yards rushing last uh, game. Yeah, he is playing really good right now. What do you think about Gruden as a coach? Like, I don't, do you think he's the right fit for that team? Uh, Kitchens, yeah. Hurt. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we need to edit that part out, Josh. Ah, uh, you'll have that. Uh, yeah, kit- Kitchens. Uh, I know you're a big old Raiders. Fan, big John Gruden guy, but Kitchens, uh, he he can't he last year he was Cleveland Browns quarter, quarterback coach, and then he got promoted to offensive coordinator as soon as uh, Todd Haley got fired, the former Steelers OC. 
And so really, he's only had one year of play calling experience. And when you're at that level, it takes a lot of time to get into like different grooves and different uh, rhythms and stuff like that with your play calling. Um, especially uh, young guys. I mean, everyone's not uh, Sean McVay who just automatically just comes in the league and just starts spitting out different things and has like that. If you watch some of those Bleacher Report videos that McVay has, or he just got like a photographic football memory where he recalls plays in his high school and stuff like that. You don't get that with every OC. No. And when, I'm, when I talked about Gruden, I was, ta- I was thinking Jay Gruden from the Redskins. We were talking about the Redskins earlier about falling apart. Uh, is where I'm going with that. I was a little, little behind on that one. Yeah, uh, Jay, Jay, Jay is. Uh, I think he's. I think he's a good coach, but I mean, if you look at their their roster, they could do a lot better offensively. And I think that uh, not having Trent Williams there is just killing him. And uh, Darius Geis getting hurt early on again. Um, Jordan Reed dealing with the concussions at tight end, and I, he might not even play again. Um, I think that's really hurting him a lot. And really, they don't really have a number one wide receiver. Um, McLaren's stepping up pretty pretty big, but they don't have uh, they have Trey Quinn SMU and their their slot guy and uh, guy came over from uh, Seattle. Can't think of his name at the moment, but uh, he's he's doing okay. He's doing okay, but it's, they're not like elite number one wide receivers. They're not Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry type guys, and I think that's really what's slowing their offense down. Yeah, I mean Keenum. Keenum's a hell of a quarterback. He, he was in Houston. He's the all-time NCAA passing leader, and he was undrafted and came into Houston and took. Uh, he got lightning in a bottle there. And then they kept trying to switch him and Matt Schaub back and forth, and uh, I think it really threw off his rhythm. And then he finally caught fire again in Minnesota, which Minnesota should have never let him get let him go. I would have much rather paid him. Uh, 15 million, 16 million a year, than pay Kirk Cousins uh, 31 million dollars a year. Yeah. Well, speaking of money, do you think Antonio Brown will ever play in the NFL again? Uh, well, that's what uh, he said he's done in the NFL, and uh, because he doesn't get his signing bonus, even though he got offered this massive contract, and. A lot of these NFL guys just need to learn that uh, when you sign a contract, it's a contract. It's just not something you can just, like, come and go as you please. And that's exactly what he thought it was. And there's a reason he's not getting paid. He thinks he's this big shot guy, but he doesn't. he's going to realize he ain't shit without the NFL. Um, he can't go out and, like, I mean, he could go to make a like, public appearance and everything like that, but he's everyone knows him for being a wide receiver with the Steelers. And I think that's really going to hurt his ego, and I think he'll end up, I don't know, maybe not this year, but I think he's going to finally realize that um, eventually. Um, and I think eventually either he's going to come back to the NFL after all these lawsuits or allegations get thrown away, He'll either come back to an NFL team that needs him or is in playoff contention like, hey, I could use Antonio Brown after this all gets blown over, or he's just going to say, well, hell with it, and go play in the XFL, which is somewhere that could use some a lot of big-game talent. And, uh, I mean, they're going to be coming on strong here. Vince McMahon's got a 
strong uh, showing of this XFL. They got a lot of big name guys over there, such as like Bob Stoops. Um, but you saw, I saw Nike dropped him as one of their sponsors. That's got to be a big shock to Ego. And he also, I guess he just re-enrolled in uh, Central Michigan to finish uh, school. Could we see him playing at Central Michigan again? Since he's still got years of eligibility left. Well, I don't think the NCAA would allow that because he's already played in the NFL and everything. I, I, I believe he finishes a junior. I believe he has one year of eligibility left, technically, but I don't think they'll allow that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him coming back this year. Yep, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he's going to take some time away, spend some time with his kids, wait till this allegation stuff blows over, and uh, see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the Steelers and the Bengals on Monday night? The Steelers coming off their first win over San Francisco after without Ben. Uh, defense was huge in that game. They had uh, that first drive there. You had Watt coming up with that interception, and they just uh, San Francisco couldn't keep the ball off the ground or getting picked off. They couldn't move. Yeah, when you have that many turnovers go your way and still lose the game, that's not a good sign. Um, even though Mason Rudolph had some had some flashes in that game, they, they just did not protect him whatsoever. And the thing that's really worrisome for Steelers fans is, where's James Conner? Since Le'Veon Bell left, uh, they just don't have that, uh, they just don't have that punch anymore. And the offensive line looks just aged. They're just getting beat right and left. Nick Bosa was beating them. DeForest Buckner was beating them. D. Ford was beating them. The Blitz was beating them. And, uh, they just couldn't do anything against their San Francisco's defense. And it just... For the, for the Steelers, it's it's real worrisome. It's, they couldn't do a thing, even after all those turnovers and everything. Well, do you think that has something to do with Ben being out, just the morale of the team being down? And Rudolph's a good quarterback, and I mean, he show he's shown that he's he's he could be the Steelers' quarterback when Ben retires in a couple of years. But do you think he's ready to lead that team? Well, he's had a he's had a year to sit behind Roethlisberger and learn all this stuff. And I mean, losing your fr losing your franchise, the guy, losing the dude on your team after he stood up and faced went against Antonio Brown and told him just like, hey man, I need you out of here and everything. And for for being the dude and everything for that team, uh, I mean, that's a big morale hit. I mean, you think like New England if they lose Tom Brady, it's it's going to bring down morale a lot. And Roethlisberger's there do, but I think Mason Rudolph, he's got the arm, he's got the talent, he's got possibly anything you could possibly ask for in a quarterback. They just got to be patient with him. They got to find a way to get Juju going. Deontay Johnson had a pretty good game, caught some, caught a touchdown. Um, they got to keep getting him going, and they got to get Rudolph, Rudolph's dude, James Washington, teammates at Oklahoma State. They got to get him going, and if they get him going, they're gonna be, they're gonna be a Booming offense, as Antonio Brown would call it. Um, but yeah. But uh, we're gonna take a break here. Get a quick word from our sponsors.
Do you ever get road rage, road rage on your way home from work? Do you get bored at your job, such as driving a FedEx truck around? Is your boss constantly stressing you out? Do we have the solution for you? You should try the All In Sports Podcast. We like to talk about football and try to throw in a joke or, joke or three, depending on if you like extra points or field goals. Anywho, the podcast is available on Spotify and on our Instagram, All In Sports, or Twitter, underscore All In Sports, and our book face, or Facebook, whatever how you pronounce it. At All In Sports with a Z. Check us out. <laughs> All right, back to the podcast. So our next topic here is Gardner Minshew. Is he the guy for the Jags? Mr. Mustache Man himself. <laughs> Straight out of a '70s porno. <laughs> Absolutely. You see his get up the other night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That shit was sexy. <laughs> He's making Cam Newton look look not as stylish anymore. Oh, he puts Cam Newton stylish, James. Let's talk about a little uh, history on uh, the Gardner Minshew. His hometown is Flowood, Mississippi. High school, Brandon High School in Mississippi. He became the starting quarterback as a sophomore. And he took the team to a champ- the championship game that le- losing 31 to 23. He senior year came back and won the championship. He was a three star recruit, and he decided to attend Troy University on an academic scholarship. And he tried to walk on there, and nothing came of it. And then he transferred to Northwest Mississippi Community College. And he led them to the championship. And then he transferred to East Carolina University, where he ended up uh, trying to get a medical red shirt. Um, he ended up uh, trying to smash his hand with a hammer to get a medical red shirt. I mean, that's pretty freaking ballsy. Um, he said he took a bottle of Jack Daniels, he slammed that, put his hand on the table, smashed it a couple times, and nothing, he's like, oh man, that's not broke, so he hit it a couple more times, it still wasn't broke, and he said he just hit the hell out of his hand, and, um, so it didn't really work, and, uh, he said later on, looking back, that it was kind of dumb, but I mean, he tried to get, get that done. And then he ended up uh, getting a graduate assistantship at Washington State, where he was very successful. And while drinking his favorite whiskey, Vanilla Crown Royal, he ended up getting drafted by the Jags in the 6th round 178th pick overall. And the word on the street is when he works out in the locker room 
he works out in a jock strap in aviators. He says he does it before and after games usually, or before or after the game. And I guess people they were asking some people about it, and they said he used to walk in and he'd be in there doing like band workouts or stretch stretches and stuff, and uh, sometimes it'd even be completely naked just in there with aviators just working out, and that's just <laughs> freaking hilarious. Well, it is. That's great. Can you imagine walking in a locker room and your starting quarterback with his mustache and stuff like that is over there doing band workouts with like a stretching band and stuff like that with aviators and a headband on and, and a jock Butt ass naked. <laughs> completely naked. Doing push-ups <laughs> off the benches and stuff. Well, well, that'll boost morale right there. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I heard his father wanted to name him Beowulf. That would have been fitting. <laughs> yeah. Let's see that. Well, speaking of the Jags, do you think Jalen Ramsey's this flu is legit, or do you think he's just stalling out so that he's trying to work on a deal or something to get out of there. Well, I think it's I think he was I don't I don't, it's hard to say. I'm not in the I'm not in the Jags locker room, but um so I guess I think his flu is legit, but I also came out today that his uh daughter's going to be being born and he's t- trying to maybe taking away taking some time away from the team to do, go ahead and deal with that. So, I think it has a little bit to do with both. But I think the Jags need to do whatever they possibly can to keep him on that team. I think he's uh, he's the real he's the real deal corner. And I think that he's uh, top three corners in the league. Uh, even when he drafted out of Florida State, he was he, he just knew he was going to be a top-tier guy. And... Uh, I think a little bit of the uh, I think a little bit of the Jags' problem is just camaraderie. If they can, if Marone can haul those guys in, and even if they have to get get rid of Marone, uh, I mean they have so many guys in there producing. Uh, since Foles went down, uh, Fournette hasn't had a hundred hundred yard rush game since his, he played the Steelers in the 2017 uh, playoffs. Um, Marquise Lee hasn't been anywhere. Like you haven't even seen his name come up at all. Um, the offensive line just hasn't looked that great, even with all that talent on their offensive line. They could be doing a hell of a lot better than they are. But uh, the defense finally started looking normal this uh, Thursday night, and. You just, you just don't know what you're going to get with him every week. But, uh, yeah, he could uh, it, it could be he could be feeling sick. I don't know how he's feeling. I'm not a doctor. I'm not there. I'm not around him. But I think he he does want to be there, but I don't think he, again, he just wants to get this trade over with or try to get out of Jacksonville because he just really just wants to win. Yeah. All right. Uh, so – what do you think about this battle of the unbeatens in the AFC coming up between the uh, Pats, who are good right now? Their defense is playing questionably better than their offense, even. 
and the Bills, who are off to a great start this year. Well, let's start out with New England. Believe it or not, their starting defense has not allowed a touchdown yet. And we're through three games, zero touchdowns allowed. That's that's big coming from that New England defense. But, I mean, it's not – I guess it's not really unrealistic. If you look at last year in the Super Bowl, I mean, they held the Rams, who were averaging, what, 30 points a game, and held them to almost nothing. Right. It's, it's... So, I mean, they're coming off a strong finish to last season. Yeah, it's it's really all all coaching. I mean, you look at Bel- Belichick's one of the uh, greatest coaches of all time, and he's, he used to coach uh, Lawrence Taylor back in uh, when he was with New York, and he coached a guy named uh, Lawrence Taylor that can't got drafted out of North Carolina, and Lawrence Taylor came. He had a really good first year, but Belichick was a linebackers coach at the time, and he said Lawrence. He's like, you had a good year, but not good enough. And he pushed him. And Lawrence Taylor became arguably one of the uh, greatest pass rushers of all time. And uh, that's just the guy Belichick is. He's very detail-oriented. He sees like the little minuscule, or minuscule, I believe the words I'm looking for. Not (laughs) minuscule, that's part of the knee, obviously. But... He's gonna take looks at the smallest little details and says, "Dude, you got to do this." You're, I mean, he's like, "You're jumping up, dude." I'm like, "He's like, this isn't like freaking hand grenades, dude." And he's like, "You got to be precise." This is like darts. You got to put it right in that little, right in that little hole. That's what you got to <laughs> do. And I think that's the big difference this year. And uh, I think I think that's what's uh, turning the Patriots into it this elite defense with Belichick because uh, Greg Schiano was supposed to be a defense coordinator. He came over from Ohio State, was their uh, defense coordinator Ohio State, and Belichick said, hey, man, why don't you come on my staff? But Schiano had some personal issues he had to deal with. He's like, hey, I'm going to step away. And instead of Belichick going and say, hey, man, i got to hire myself a D coordinator, he said, ah, hell with it, I'll do it. And he's a very uh, defense-oriented guy, and you look at the, you look at Patriots defense. They don't really have that many big-name guys on that defense. They let Trey Flowers go this off-season. Um, I mean, really up front, they got Chase Winovich. They drafted from Michigan, third round. He's he's gonna be a Clay Matthews type player. And then linebackers Dante Hightower. He's getting up there in age. He's coming off a lot of injuries. Jamie Collins they brought back. He's having a good year. And they got Devin McCourty as a safety, and Patrick Chung, and then corner and Stephon Gilmore. But they don't really have they just have couple, they have like two or three big name guys. But that's it's not like their whole team is elite. And he's just what Belichick does best is he looks at a guy's strength and he says, "Hey, this guy's really good against the run." So when running situation, he puts that guy in. And then when it's a passing situation, this guy's a real good pass rusher, and the guy we had him before is a good run stopper, but he's not so much a pass rusher. He flops him. He plays players to the strength, like linebackers. Jamie Collins might not be the best run-stopping linebacker in football, but Belichick knows. He's like, man, this guy can cover, can cover the pass better than anyone. 
So in past situations, instead of leaving a guy like uh, Dante Hightower, who's not the best against the pass, out the dry, out in the flats, or man-to-man -man on a tight end, he brings in Jamie Collins and puts him out there. And that's something that he's really smart at, and a lot of coaches don't do that, and that's why he doesn't pay big-name players big money to come in. Antonio Brown was just on the market, and Antonio Brown's probably the top two, top three best players at his position, and he's sitting hell with it. We'll give it a shot, one-year deal. I mean, it works, it works. I mean, look what he did with Randy Moss. Broke, they broke records, and that's what he expected from Antonio Brown, but obviously Antonio can't keep uh, the his text messages off, and that's really what did it up with him. And he started messaging this chick that tried to throw him under the bus, started yelling at her, and um, Belichick said, dude, we're not dealing with this shit, and just cut him. But they, I mean, like, not like they needed him or anything. And Buffalo-wise, I mean, they really haven't played anyone that great. I mean, their defense is playing good. They got a defensive head coach and uh, like Jerry Hughes and uh, Trent Murphy and Ed Oliver, their first-round pick from Houston, doing some damage up front. And the linebackers and Hyde and Poyer at safety are doing their doing their work and. Uh, Davis White at corner and Levi Wallace at corner and uh, Johnson the nickel Trayvon Johnson I believe his name is I mean they're doing great work defensively and uh, but the biggest sleeper with Buffalo is their quarterback Josh Allen and I think he is the best quarterback in that draft class and that's with Baker Mayfield uh, Sam Darnold uh, Josh Rosen I had him top of the list because he you look at his some of the throws he had at uh, Wyoming, and they were just darts like Brett Favre passes. It was just unreal. And but his biggest problem is he needs to develop learning defensive coverages and be able to like diagnose like all right, well the safety's blocked up here. I'm gonna have to be able to hit a post pattern back here if the safety stays to the left. So I'm gonna pump fake to the left, draw the safety that way, and then make that throw. And you have to hit him right here at this point. Because that's when he'll be open. And Frank, yeah, that's all stuff that he'll, the timing he'll get, I think, is he's works with those receivers and stuff. Absolutely. That's why a lot of guys meet in the offseason to run some plays and stuff like that and run routes. And, and even the running backs, Frank, Frank Gore, the ageless Frank Gore from the U, he's still running hard. And uh, Devin Singletary was out last week, and he, I think he's going to be back this week. And he's, he's a hard running rookie. Yeah, he's looking – I think he's a, he's going to be a good player in the league, I believe. Yeah, Florida Atlantic, man. Lane Kiffin developing those guys down there. But they're uh, – they, they could also use the number one guy at wide receiver as well. Dawson Knox from Ole Miss, he looked pretty good running over some people this weekend, though. At tight end, he looked pretty good, but uh, I think they're a, a big play wide receiver way. Uh, 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 Jones uh, from East Carolina, he got some. He's gonna be pretty good, but they just gotta keep feeding it, get get him that ball. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, I think that'll be a really good game this weekend. Definitely one to watch. Oh, yeah. So, what do you think about Cam Newton? You think he's done? Well, Cam's has suffered a lot of injuries over the years, and Carolina has never had really that elite offensive line, and I mean, he's just he explained he ex- complained to the referees and about this about getting getting taking too many hits and everything, and he gets hurt all the time. It's either his shoulder or his knee. I mean, sometimes with a running quarterback, you'll have that, but. I mean, you look ever since that Super Bowl after Denver just absolutely just demolished him in that game. He just hasn't been the same dude. And, I mean, it's not like he doesn't have the weapons. He's got Christian McCaffrey behind him. You knew all about Christian McCaffrey, right? Oh, yeah. That's my starting fantasy guy right there. Absolutely. 24 carries, 153 yards, 6.4 Yards per carry and a touchdown, three receptions, thirty-five yards, eleven point seven average. Put up some, put put you up put you up some uh, pretty good fantasy numbers this last weekend. Oh yeah, I think uh, he was definitely uh, putting up thirty-six point five points for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a all-around threat back there. Um, but Carolines, they also got Greg Olson. From the U, put, always put up good numbers. Uh, Curtis Samuel, big numbers. They got uh, uh, <clears throat> DJ Moore from Maryland, puts up big numbers. Jarvis Wright, Chris Hogan. I mean, they got players all around. And Cam Newton was out this weekend, and former Texas A&M quarterback Kyle Allen came in, went 19 for 26 for 261 yards and four touchdowns with 144.4 quarterback rating. I just absolutely tore it up against Arizona. And he's going to get the start again this weekend because Cam Newton is out again. So, I mean, if he keeps putting up these numbers, man, and Cam Newton comes back and Carolina's 3-0 or 4-0 without him, they're going to be like, Cam, I think maybe you should sit a couple games out or sit the season out, get healthy. Yeah, which wouldn't be a bad call there to get him healthy. Absolutely. Cam Newton, he's Obviously, very talented, but if you're having this much much success with Kyle Allen, why would you put a guy in an injury-prone guy back in, especially if you're winning? Yeah, I don't. I don't it'd be hard to put somebody put somebody back in there that's not not producing, like you got somebody that's producing, doing good, why would you change it? Just because he was your starting guy. I mean, you got to go with what's best for the team there, I think. And there might be a good answer there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you just, I mean, if it's, if it's the old expression, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, but I, th- I think – he keeps producing. I think Cam Newton might be on a different team the next year, but we'll have to see what Ron Riverboat Ron wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a guy, I got a question for you about a guy. Six six two fifty six played for Georgia Tech, playing that tight end, a big tight end for the Raiders right now. I I think he's 
he's going to have a good year this year. Oh, like, he could be a big-time threat. Hell yeah, big old Darren Waller. Converted wide receiver from Georgia Tech. Six-round pick, 204th overall by the Ravens. But Darren's biggest problem is, over the past couple of years, why we're just now hearing about after he's been in the league for three or four years, is he's had a lot of issues with substance abuse. Um, he's had a lot of drug-related incidents, such as like cocaine or different recreational drugs he'd done. And He once told a story... It was during Hard Knocks where he said where he was he'd be out in the field and he'd be all stoned up on like pain meds or something like that and uh, John Harbaugh would be looking at him and say Darren why don't you run the right route and he'd just be so confused because he was just so stoned he didn't know uh, where he was at and then he could take the drug test and fail the drug tests and then uh, boom suspension. <laughs> yeah, I guess when you make all that money you just got to party hard, right? Yeah, I mean he wasn't making the. Antonio Brown bucks, but he had a he had a few coins in his pocket. I mean, the NFL is no cookie cutter league. I mean, you're gonna make some pretty good, pretty good dime, as they say, or paper, as they, as as some people say, as like me and you make. I mean, we're not not even freaking comparable. And uh, he's off to a good year. He's got 26 catches for 267 yards. That's almost 100 yards a game. Almost 10 catches a game. He's eating it up. Yeah, as long as he can stay clean and keep his head down, just keep doing what he's doing, working hard, I think. Be definitely a good fantasy pickup for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, he's probably picked up in most leagues by now. I mean, I was looking at him in all my drafts real late, but someone snagged him up a couple picks before me, of course. With a, same as a couple guys. I, mean, I got... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like women, man. You got your eye on one, you keep scoping them out, scoping them out, scoping them out, and all of a sudden someone else snags them up from underneath, and you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get after it. If you want it, you got to get it. Yeah, you got to wait till next year now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, bud. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure having you. Yeah, it was great talking to you, and. We'll look forward to doing this next week. Absolutely. Take it easy. All right, have a good one. Yep, bye. Bye. Well, folks, that was Brandon Stafford. As I said, our lead marketing guy and co-founder of all <laughs> He designed the logo and everything. Uh, it's a real big part of everything going on around here. Um, and... Uh, I'd like to thank him for joining and uh, look forward to having him on in the future. Um, but uh, let's talk some fantasy here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna look look at some guys that are worth a pickup. Um, Nicole Hart Nicole Hardman uh, from I believe he went to Tennessee University, but he plays for he play, plays for Kansas City. Um, he's, he's, he's a, a Georgia, I'm sorry, Georgia University, McCole Hardman. I mean, he, he, DeMarcus Robinson's getting a lot of targets right now, but you gotta remember, McCole Hardman is a four four three, and Mahomes like to chuck that freaking bazooka up like no other. 
and he's gonna he's available in a lot he's available in a lot of leagues uh 50 55% 45 50% of the leagues he's he's gonna be available in and he is fast like a freaking cheetah just taking off downfield Mahomes just like it's like go deep I mean he's gonna be available um guy you want to trade is gonna be Austin Eckler I uh, hear Melvin Gordon's going to be coming back here real quick. I believe it's tomorrow he's going to be back. But Eckler's going to be good this week. But you want to move him. You're, you're going to want to move him immediately. Averaging, putting up some points, 38, 22, 14. He's been putting third-ranked running back. You're going to want to move him before so you can get some value out of him. Um, a guy I think value is going to be going up is James White. Uh, New England lost Pat Devlin. Uh, this week, he put on IR and neck injury. So they're going to be throwing the ball, but more Tom Brady's value is going to go up a little bit. Um, James White's going to be their dude. He's going to be the dude for New England. You would trade for him, get him on your freaking team. Um, no offense, been kind of a disappointment. Uh, I thought last week he'd have a huge game. Um, but. He's it's just not. He's getting a. He's got some catch. Three for thirty-seven last week. Not bad, but he fumbled. Um, but he he could be doing a lot better. Uh, another guy's just picking up Mason Rudolph against Cincinnati. He's gonna throw at least two touchdown passes against Cincinnati. Guarantee it. And uh, James Conner should have a pretty good game. He might even catch a receiving touchdown. But Rudolph's going to be heating up, and so is James Washington. So you want to get those dudes. Um, also, I saw Pittsburgh traded for Nick Vanette, fifth-round pick for him. He's going to replace him Grimble. I don't expect a ton of value out of him. He might catch two or three, two to four touchdowns this year, maybe around 30 catches, but I'm not expecting him to be the guy or the dude for Pittsburgh unless Vance McDonald gets hurt. Um, also, I expect a good pick up the play this week is the Steelers' defense. I know they haven't been worth a shit the last couple weeks, but they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And Cincinnati's just up and down, and they're going to have a quarterback coach from the Rams as their head coach. And they're going to, they haven't had a lot of good teams they've been playing recently. So, expect Pittsburgh to eat against Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. Um, Case Kingdom against the Giants. The Giants' defense is god awful, and Cam's the ninth overall fantasy quarterback. He's worth a pickup. Uh, they're not going to Haskins yet. Haskins isn't ready. Uh, a lot of people are really pissed off that Haskins isn't in. But if you just look at the dude, he looks young. He played one year at Ohio State. The dude is not ready to play yet. All he did at Ohio State was chuck deep balls to McLaren. You seen the year he's having. Paris Campbell is gonna be he's on the trend up. You look at the year he's gonna he's gonna put together. Maybe not huge stats this year, but next year for sure. And he's fast. He is speedy as hell. So be patient. Keenum's Keenum's a dude in Washington. Let him sling it around. Um, another guy worth a pickup, 
Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater put some pretty good stats last week. Uh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be a bad pick. And he's taking over Drew Brees' spot. 170 yards, seven yards, two touchdowns. He's efficient. He, he's going to have a better week. He might have a better week this year because Dallas is going to be scoring a ton of points. Um, not a bad pickup. Um, but a lot of guys haven't had the best starts yet. I mean, guys, just don't panic on them. Let it play out. Let them see how they do. Don't panic. Don't be all freaked out. Be like, oh, my God. Michael Thomas has only scored. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Or he's had one touchdown yet. and He's not producing. I'm going to trade him. I got to get rid of him. Don't panic. Just wait. They'll come around. Big stars like that. They will do fine. And if you're a smart guy on your fantasy league, you're going to want to try to trade for those dudes. The guys that are panicking, like, oh my god, this guy's not producing. For example, Mike Evans didn't have the best start. I traded for him three touchdowns. And Jameis is starting to finally look like an NFL quarterback, not turning the ball over. And I mean, if only they had a freaking kicker, didn't miss 30, 34-yard field goals that are right down the middle. Perfectly lined up, but how do you miss that? But Danny Dimes... Looked pretty good in that game. He's also another guy that I wouldn't mind picking up in fantasy. I mean, he looked at a lot of his throws. He was highly pressured, but he, he stepped up in that pocket, delivered that ball. And uh, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, their values went up because of Danny Dimes, as they call him. Barkley's out. Uh, Wayne Coleman's a dude in New York till Barkley gets back. So he's also worth a pickup. So the Giants are trending up. A couple other teams are trending down. So, especially the Redskins trending down. Didn't look great that week. Man, they play the Giants this week. That's an interesting game. We'll see. We'll see who's going to be the team this week. Um, well, I look forward to this week in football, and I thank everyone for listening to the podcast. And we're gonna have more good, good stuff next week. And one other thing before I get going, another word for our from our sponsors. Do you have a hard time getting it up in the when the moment's right? Do you have a hard time keeping it up in the bedroom? Do you think you have ED? Well, we have the solution. Instead of surprising her with pitching a tent, surprise her with some football knowledge that you learned on the All In Sports Podcast. Trust me. For her, this is the hardest thing that you'll have to hear. That'll hit her tonight. And thank you for listening to the All In Sports Podcast.